If you're getting this message, it means we were successful once again in getting past the jammers and are now broadcasting on pirate radio from the free state of Texas. Stand by for more critical information to follow. Many Bothans died getting this message. Yep. Hello. <laughs> now we're recording and all the good stuff's over. Just burned our powder, I guess, in that. I feel all these episodes start with me laughing because we've been talking for like two hours before we actually start doing these things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're done talking now, everybody. <laughs> Here's the scraps. Oh, man. You're just... <laughs> we got to the point where you're talking about... <laughs> what is death anyway? <laughs> is it really that bad? <laughs> <laughs> well let me clarify because that's going to sound really bad to anybody who is actually listening to this okay. um we were talking a uh, long story short about like doing right in the face of evil and we we're talking about uh basically like going up against the commies in washington from a political perspective like I don't know, infiltrating their, you know, the DNC and the RNC and running as, you know, one of their goons and then actually voting for the people and doing like the right thing, which got us into talking about uh, doing right in the face of evil, which is where I brought up the what is death thing, because Mm. I tend to believe that, you know, following or you know if you read the bible that that god does give you power over death on the physical plane as far as um like you know you know where you're going to be when you die and an existence ending on the physical plane isn't necessarily a bad thing when you are doing right in the face of evil. Yeah. Hopefully well, I explained that decently. There's there's two things on that that I think of right off the bat is <clears throat> either you can... I've seen it in other people too. When you really start to... Uh, when you really start to get down to it, having that mentality kind of... You just give up on life, essentially. <laughs> and... <laughs> you want to die because of course you would want to die. Right. Cause it's going to be better. Fair. So it almost cheapens life and just, you become helpless and, you know, don't take care of yourself and just, you know, it, so that's, that's the one, the one end of it. And the other end is, uh, you know, martyrdom. <laughs> and you could take that all the way to like the jihad type martyrdom. Uh, where you're blowing yourself up because you're doing the right thing and you're going to heaven because of it. So it, it moderation, I think well, you have to, there has to be some moderation to it. So, I mean, I guess to those points, like, um, you know, the first one, like, obviously if you talking just from like a following, I guess what's laid out in the Bible perspective, um, you know, you, you wouldn't just give up because that's not, 
you know, you're, you are instructed to essentially live life to the fullest, but like within a godly fashion. Mm-hmm. And so in doing that, just giving up, you know, ending things or, you know, living recklessly, I would be willing to argue are not biblical. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I get your point and I do agree with it. I, I can see that, but like, it's not really like a, fatalistic mentality it's just you know it's just like not being scared of of death yeah like is death the worst thing that could happen to me like you know probably not man (laughs) there's so many interesting things about that there's one um i forget who said it but the quote in essence is well i was dead for millions of years before I was born and I didn't notice, you know, yeah, like it meant nothing to me. Um, what difference, you know, what's when I die, what's the difference going to be? That's a total, I butchered that completely. (laughs) I mean, I don't know if you get, you get the sentiment. Yeah. Yeah. I got the gist of it for sure. And then the other one is that Joe Rogan says all the time now, uh, is well, you're afraid of death, but you're not afraid to go to sleep every night. <laughs> it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. You're closing your eyes, you're losing consciousness and you don't know if you're going to wake up. So, but that the whole, the idea of acceptance of death, that's really interesting. Um, and I think, I really think that influences most people's uh, viewpoint on life in a much greater extent than anybody really realizes. You know, you don't necessarily think about it every day and some people do, but I think a lot of people are absolutely terrified to die. I really do. And I, like you just said, now you're not really, um, and I'm not, not even a little bit. I, I, it doesn't bother me in the slightest. The only thing that bothers me is, you know, maybe missing out on something, you know, the kids growing up or whatever, getting married like that kind of bothers me that that'd be nice to be around, but just dying in general, like it means nothing to me whatsoever. (laughs) And it's, it's been that way for pretty much as, as long as I can remember. I don't know. Has your perspective on that changed recently um, or to some degree, like growing up, I don't like I was, I was going to say deathly scared, but <laughs> um, I was, I was, yeah, I was for sure uh, scared to die, but it's also a lot younger. And was, you know, I'm like 16, 17 is like, yeah, I don't want to die. You know, I got hopefully a few more years, you know? Yeah. But, um, I don't know. It's like the older I've gotten, um, the changing of my perspective. Um, it's just, I don't know. I mean, this world is so corrupt and so evil and I'm not saying I just, I want to die to get out of it, but if it comes down to a point of like, you know, again, doing the right thing and like not being afraid of doing the right thing, like what can, what can they truly do to me? You know, like, like what is, what is, what is the fear ultimately, you know, is the fear of of being killed or like, you know, dying, you know, no, 
I'm not going to let that stop me from doing what's right. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, what is it? You know? And I just feel that, um, you know, if it's, you know, like a torture thing or, or uh, you know, just making your life miserable thing, like nothing that happens to you in this life can't be undone in the next. Mm. And it's not really like yeah. a Buddhist thing that I'm saying. It's like, you know, <laughs> you know, like, like, like when you get to heaven, like, like everything you, you get made new, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So like, and, and none of that matters. What matters is, is if you do the right thing. Yeah. And I'm not yeah. saying I do the right thing all the time. You know, I try, but, um, you know, it, there's something to be said for, uh, you're in the face of adversity, just doing the right thing. Yeah. hundred percent. That's man. There's so many angles to take on that whole perspective, but, um, yeah, even if it just all goes black and there's nothing <laughs> that doesn't, doesn't bother me either but yeah Yeah, just you know that's that's the thing is so then you know if you're not afraid of death then like what what is there really holding any of us back from just doing pretty much whatever we want and i don't mean uh like criminal activity or just being nuts i mean just going out and taking unbelievable long shots and just being wildly successful in life. I think about that quite a bit because I'm not afraid of death, but I am incredibly socially awkward and just being (laughs) outcast or having people think the wrong thing about me or just not fitting in that for some reason is the most terrifying thing that I experience, which just, it's so strange that that, that is the way it is. Some weird programming. It is, yeah. Uh, like a fear of not being accepted is, I mean, I don't know. I don't have stats in front of me, but I'd say that's probably close to like a number one fear, whether people want to admit it or not. I mm. think like however your childhood goes kind of programs that into you. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like I was like bullied early on as a youth as as tends to happen when you're a ginger (laughs) and uh, you're in the eighties. So people can just say and do whatever they want, you know, but um, (laughs) the fear of that eventually, you know, because I wanted to fit in, I wanted that to stop. And I eventually I, I became a bully Mm. because I, I didn't want people to see who I truly was. Hmm. And I, and, and I think about that to this day and like, I, I, I feel awful. Like even like people that were like my best friends, this is making me sound like a giant D bag and, and I don't care. Like it needs to be said, like, it, like I, I do feel awful for it. Like my, like my best friends, like I would treat poorly. Yeah. Uh, because they were the ones closest to me, but like, if they if I didn't fit in, I wasn't seen as acceptable. Like that level of fear was just like it, it drove me to do just I don't know, be terrible to people. That's nuts. 
I mean, I think the fact that if if you could admit that, I think I think that's such a huge step that, um, yeah, I think I think once if you could admit some some failure like that, I think that means that you've changed so dramatically that you're basically it's it can be forgiven in a way, you know. I mean, um, it like I, I think about it like frequently. Like if I could. I don't know, find these other people, like find the people that like I used to know in high school. And, uh, like I would love to apologize and I don't know, but mm-hmm. if it makes them feel any better, once I got to college, I, the role was definitely reversed and I, I got my comeuppance there. What, you got bullied? <laughs> yeah. Hardcore. Yeah. Really? Yeah, like, cause I was, I was, <laughs> I was a skater kid back then, <laughs> and uh, I don't know, like the preppy, preppy kids. I don't know, and then so like I went to Bible college to start, and uh, I don't know if you weren't like, I don't know, didn't read like the right Bible or <laughs> didn't, you you know what I mean? It's is very. Uh, clickish yeah they they were they were very judgmental uh if you weren't in their click hmm that's weird to think i mean there's always it doesn't matter what group you're in there's always something isn't there yeah yeah it's crazy i man i never got i was never bullied and i don't think i ever bullied anybody but i mean I was never, never. My wife would say otherwise. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. See, it never, never really see it when you're in that position. But yeah, I don't know. I guess my fear, I I just, I can't really put a finger on what it is about. It's not knowing stuff, I guess, and looking stupid. That's, that's what's always just held me back. Mm. It's like why I'm always quiet in groups. I don't want to say something just stupid, you know, and everybody just be like, what's wrong with this guy? <laughs> that's that's the only way I can say it. And it's the way it's always been. I get that. Can't I can't just walk up to a group of people or a stranger just or just talk to people. Because maybe also it's the stuff that I want to talk about is just totally, completely different from what everybody else wants to talk about. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I definitely, but, I don't in, in groups, I'm usually quiet. Um, but that's more so so I can observe everyone and kind of figure mm, them out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one-on-one, like, I don't know, I always find myself in just, like today, for instance, we were at um, a friend's church, and they had a, unbeknownst to us, they had a, a pancake breakfast afterwards. Mm-hmm. So a nice surprise. Yeah. So I'm, I'm waiting in line, and this uh, sweet older lady um, standing behind me just strikes up a conversation. Never seen her a day in my life. And we just talked about, like, all kinds of stuff, like our lives and um what being a grandparent was like and how important that was and like all that stuff and i was just like man i was like talking to my wife afterwards i was like 
I mean, that seems like such a basic thing, but I think uh, in today's society, like that's pretty rare. Yeah. To just, you know, I was just kind of like touched by it because it's just, you know, a fairly deep conversation for just, you know, two random strangers. It's not about politics, not no. about sports, not about, you know, all that random stuff. It's yeah, it's just a, like about genuine. life and and being joyful and stuff. And it was, I don't know. And like that, that doesn't, you know, like my wife was saying, like that doesn't really happen to her. Um, but I'm also, I guess uh, the two of us probably more outgoing, I suppose. <laughs> That's to say not a high bar, I guess. <laughs> no, no, it's not. <laughs> um, yeah. But I don't know. I just I I enjoy trying to get to know people and like figuring them out. Mm-hmm. So I don't. Know, I always find myself like in gas stations or like Walmart or something, just having in depth conversations with people. <laughs> That's cool. I was filling up with gas the other day and had like a five minute conversation about music with the cashier. Really? Just randomly. <laughs> She just asked me a question and I answered and we just kept talking. Wow. Yeah, that's that has not happened to me. Not recently. <laughs> uh, Man, this has to be a fascinating episode for people. Oh, just riveting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh where do we just talk about it's all started with death. So interesting. I just, I don't know. I, I've made a lot of changes in my life uh, over the last probably, I don't know, two years, year and a half. Mm. My, my perspectives and my goals, like everything has just has shifted. Mm. And I don't know, man, like, It just, I don't know. Like, are you actually missing anything? Are you, and I know this sounds bleak and like, I don't know. I need to be on suicide watch or something, but <laughs> I'm fine. But it's just like, yeah, like, like you said, like what, what is holding you back? And it's like, is it a fear of failure? Like, mm. or like you said, like the not acceptance thing. And it's like, what is failure? I saw like Jordan yeah. Peterson, dude. <laughs> right. <clears throat> but, but yeah, you know, what's the worst that's gonna happen? But like, know? yeah, like in the grand scheme of these things, like like what is failure? You only fail if you don't try again. If you yeah. let that beat you. Right? Yeah. So like if you're not successful the first time, don't stop, man. Yeah, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. There's a cliche. Michael Scott. Is that it? Is that who it is? <laughs> no. He That's he had office, a thing. Right? <laughs> yeah, sorry. I'm a huge office nerd. He had it he had it on a whiteboard in his office and it said like he quoted uh Wayne Gretzky on it, I think. But then he quoted himself as saying it too. <laughs> so it was like hyphen Wayne Gretzky hyphen Michael Scott. <laughs> I don't know. It was funny. Uh... That's good. Yeah. Well, 
that's the thing too, is I've, I've thought about, I thought a lot about that too. It's, you know, what just, all right. So what, what are your skill sets? What can you go out and do where you could potentially be very successful? And I have a list, man. I've got a few things that I could do and why, why, why not give it a shot? You know, it's like, I, well, it, it gets more risky when it's not just you and your family right. and nothing to fall back on. And all of a sudden you can't pay the bills. Well, that's kind of uh, a big uh, deterrent for sure. But, you know, if you think of yourself, well, I want this job, uh, the job, you know, it's a really good paying job. How do I get in there? Well, there's so many ways you could do it and you got to get in front of somebody and just sell yourself. And that that's where I run into problems immediately hmm. <laughs> is I can't I have an inability to lie. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> I can't. I mean, that's and good. It's even right? hard for me to embellish. <laughs> and I feel like that's what's required a lot of the time. It's just embellishment and sales is art of words and portraying yourself in a way that you aren't really. <laughs> I, I can't do that, man. There's no way I can do that. It's just, I want to undersell and then prove to you why I'm better than that. You know, that's, it's, I don't know if that's a flaw. I don't think it's a flaw, but it sure seems <laughs> like it's not rewarded. Flaw? I would say <laughs> no, man. It, it seems like it's not rewarded very often. I mean, and I guess this doesn't really help, you know, providing for the family, but like the right thing is rarely rewarded today. Yeah. You know, like, I think there's a way to sell yourself without underselling. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I mean, I don't know. Um, I just, man. Like, I know I keep going back to the Bible and to God and everything, but um, we just had like a two-hour conversation with these friends of ours after church, too, about biblical stuff and it's just I don't know like I just feel like I don't know just following God and like being open to like what he's presenting as an opportunity um, creates more opportunity and, and puts you in the right spot I'm not saying that like you know a belief or a following of God will just like make everything you know give you the best life ever and make you know, everything perfect and you'll win the lottery and all that. But I mean, I feel that like God oftentimes acts in opportunity Mm. versus, you know, magic. Yeah. You know, like a lot of people, I think, pray for things or ask for things or expect God to do things that are almost just like a Christmas wish list or something, you know? Yeah, that's, like, that is definitely something that I have a problem with. It's that, that magical thinking for sure. Yeah, and I mean, I did too. I grew up doing that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, lately it's just like, you know, like one of my, two of my biggest big things are like pride and anger. And, um, um, you know, I've been praying to like uh, not be as prideful and not be as angry. And it hasn't been going super great. It's been getting better, but um, I started realizing, like, man, 
he's giving me opportunities to not be angry. Right. And it's up to me to choose that, to choose to not be angry. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'm successful. Sometimes I'm not, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I mean, it, 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 it is improving and I'm seeing that I'm seeing the progress being made towards that. And it does give me more of an appreciation for it. But, you know, just being like, oh, remove that anger. And then like, yep, I'm going to have faith. Like, can he do that? Like, definitely. But I just feel like it doesn't always happen that way because it's about getting you to learn and yeah. to appreciate. And if he just does it, like think about it, it's like when you were a kid or like even like you got kids. So like if you just give them something or if you were just given something as a kid, did you take care of it? Or just kind of like do whatever. But then like when you first started buying stuff and you had to earn it, oh, all of a sudden you got to take real good care of it. Yeah. You know? And it, it's life is kind of the same thing. Like when people just hand you stuff, you're not, you're not as appreciative about it. But when you have to go through the struggles and learn something or achieve something, it's, it's far more rewarding and far more, um you care for it a lot more yeah you wouldn't want that anyways you think you'd want it but in the end you wouldn't so and it there's if you were to just ask or pray for something and ask for it and you got it on a regular basis or it just your life was just significant easier um it's that's it's magic that that would just make life you know, you think you'd want, you think you want to be a billionaire, but that doesn't make you happy. You know, you think, wouldn't it be awesome to be like a a superhuman and just be able to do whatever you want all the time. And you know, that would get boring really quick. And like you're saying, if you don't put in some sort of effort with stakes on the line, you know, with the potential of downside and, you know, if you you have to have that that negative repercussion, you have to lose sometimes to realize how painful that is, so that when you succeed, it's just that much better. It's like it's a perspective thing, you know. If there was no pain, um, or your pain senses were significantly reduced, uh, that's a bad example. Let's not go there. You have to have the you have to have the perspective. You have to have the bad to realize that good is good. Um, and you have to have suffering so that you know what, what happiness is. So it's almost like what you're talking about too, with that is, um, you, you're saying there's opportunities open to you. It's, I wonder if those opportunities were there the whole time. It just takes, it takes some, uh, perspective to realize that they're there, you know, with the, with the emotions too. That's a big thing. Um, you have to realize when you're angry, right? Mm-hmm. And then you, if you realize that you're feeling an emotion like anger, you can actually decide to not be angry anymore. It's a real thing. <laughs> yeah. And that's that, that's that choice you're saying. You're seeing these choices open up. And you're, if you're praying about it, that means you're thinking about it. And you're realizing that those choices exist. Um. That's, it's kind of a, it's a superpower really, because you think of animals, they completely live in their emotions. They (laughs) don't have a choice. 
It's just they're in that emotion, whatever it is, until their body changes or their brain chemistry changes, and then they're out of that emotion. And they're just going from one thing to the next thing, from the next thing, and there's not a choice in the matter. That's where, but we have this uh, perspective where you can pull back and look at yourself feeling those emotions and you can go, okay, why am I feeling that? And then you rationalize through it and you say, I don't want to feel that any, that way anymore. And you just, you can change it. And it's, it sounds magical, but I mean, it's a, it's a real thing. I don't know. It's, I don't know. Like I, (laughs) I have a, I don't know. I think in some ways humans are, complex but then in other ways we think we're more complex than we are right and i mean to some degree i mean we are we're, we're basically animals man mm-hmm. you know we're hairless like, apes yeah and it's just i mean you brought up like the choices like we like we're the only species that has i guess that cognitive thought to be able to say like okay why is this i'm going to change this you know like our dog just ate i don't know some trash off the bottom of my truck it's probably been there for years <laughs> and threw up and um we were the wife and i were talking we're like man do you think she'll learn like she'll correlate like hey don't eat this year old trash or do you think she's just going to scrounge and eat some more? And sure enough, she scrounged and he ate more. <laughs> and so it's just like, we're the only, I guess, species that can do that. But then I think we get lost in that stuff too, where, you know, it's, we don't, we kind of lose that ability to correlate things and uh, lose the ability to, provide a cause and effect to things yeah and um you know a lot of times like is everything bad that happens to you is it derivative of something that you did i mean no but a lot of like you know social interactions that you have that go poorly definitely could have acted differently Mm -hmm. you know um, I guess probably one of the biggest things that uh, that I had to learn was like when you know like in, when you're married and like you know you disagree and those turn into arguments or whatever you know and it's it's uncomfortable and you start thinking like man what could I have said differently or what did I do to make that a worse situation Mm-hmm. And then we start changing those things, and it's like, wow, that went way better than it used to. Yeah. And it, I, sorry, go. Oh, I was just this. I keep thinking about this. Is I think what what makes human beings different from animals is that we're highly social, and in order to be effective in interacting with other people is creating a model of the other person in our brain. Mm. So then that's, that's perspective. So we're able to put ourselves, so we're capable of putting ourselves in that other person's position. 
to some extent and imagining what being on that other end of the conversation is like or uh, imagining the characteristics of that person and how they fit in with other people in our our social group and i'm i think the way that would work is then we developed over time that that part of our brain that makes these mental models of others and it gave us the capacity to make a mental model of ourselves but that's not necessarily the primary purpose of that part of the brain so it takes we're capable of it but it takes effort to see ourselves as another part of that social group and how we interact and how that makes other people feel as well. So it's like another level of abstraction. I don't think, you know, you think of yourself as, oh, this is how I feel in the moment. This is, you know, I'm talking to this person. I feel this way. I don't think that's necessarily our mental model. I think that's just the animal emotions and instincts um, and what we have to realize is we have to take another step back and see ourselves as the third person, <laughs> as strange as that seems, <clears throat> so that we can then modulate our behavior going forward. And, you know, otherwise it, we're just an animal interacting with other people. And it kind of makes you psychopathic in a way because you're just creating these mental models of other people and trying to figure out the best way that you can utilize those other people to your advantage. Um, but that's, that's where that, that next step comes in is you step back and then see yourself as interacting in that group and how it actually makes other people feel. I don't know. That's, it's just a different way of looking at it, I guess. I don't know if that makes sense. No, it did. No, I, I think, had to get that out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think, yeah, I think humans just get in their own way mm -hmm. a lot of times. And, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of times, too, uh, with what you were saying, kind of that able to project, I'm going to paraphrase what you said, but, um, like, you're basically projecting an image of either yourself interacting with another person or that person interacting and you kind of put things on them that you don't, they didn't necessarily subscribe to, you know? Right. And I think, I don't know. It's almost like you just, you get these conversations going in your head with like these other people and just, it blows stuff up when you never actually talk to that person about that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Just, that that seems like a big problem with just seeing how other people uh, react to things too. It almost seems like people are actually living in their head and not touching base with reality at all. Yeah. That's like another extreme of that is it's and almost as if people don't ever interact with the real world. It's, it's like, I don't know. It's very strange. I have this, um, it's kind of idea that there's at least two different types of brains and they're, you know, almost incompatible with each other. Um, 
because I, you know, I just see the way people think about things and they're absolutely opposite the way I would look at it. Um, I don't know if that's the right brain, left brain, or even you can kind of see it in the political divide too. Um, it's, there's, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's creativity or what, or if it's that projection of other people that just goes haywire and has no basis in reality. Cause exactly what you're saying is that I, that happens to me sometimes too, is you play back conversations with people and it just gets worked up and up and up until you just imagine this whole scenario about what they were thinking that absolutely doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I see that. Yeah. Well, I think, um, to what you were saying too, is that, um, I don't know, like it, it, it didn't used to be this way. And I think that a lot of times, I think the internet was terrible for people. Yeah. Um, pre-internet you used to have to talk to people and if you wanted to hang out with your friends you had to like go to their house Mm -hmm. you know what i mean um and now just like with social media it's we have such a fake and perceived idea of people in their lives and you know you can just like their pictures or their posts or whatever. And that's your interaction with them for the day. Mm -hmm. And in, in doing that, like I I do think you get a bit of a false idea of who or what that person's about. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's why people are so fragile now. Like as far, I mean, politics wise, I mean, good night, man. (laughs) You know, if on both sides, if you're if they find out you voted for the other guy, um, you know, like you're excommunicated from the group. Yeah, because that comes with all the baggage of what what that entails. You know, if you if you voted for this person, it means you believe all of these other things. It just comes along with that, and that's all in your head. That's just an association you've made. But you're right. I think the living on the internet is just, it's a level of abstraction that people can do and we're good at, but it also, it feeds into that imagination and assumptions. And you just make so many assumptions about something and you're building up this completely fictional person in your head. And it's so easy to do because they're also providing you a bunch of fiction. (laughs) You know, if you're looking at somebody's profile online you know, you're seeing lies, you're seeing a fake person. And we just take that, we just plug that data into our mental model, that person. And now you've just come up with a totally different human being than who that person really is. And it's that social interaction and particularly face-to-face interaction because there's body language that's lost even when we're talking here I mean, a huge percentage of communication is you can't see my hand right now gesturing around wildly in the air. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, facial expressions and all that stuff is completely lost when we're just hearing each other's voices. And this is infinitely better than just seeing text on a page, you know. Right. That face-to-face is so important. It is. I mean, it's 
Like, I don't know how many times, whether it's with my wife or somebody else, you get a text and you're like, oh, man, like, why are you mad? And they're like, yeah. not. <laughs> like, oh, well, you said this. And it's like, no, that's what you read into what that person texted. Mm-hmm. And then when you talk to them in person, it's it's completely different. And it's, yeah. I don't know. I just. It's their brains are primed to to find these social cues and if we're not yeah. getting them, we just make them up. Yeah. I think we we create a lot of our own problems. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's, I don't know. That's, the future is Neuralink, man. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, so you can tick off the government and then they just shut you off. Get out of yeah. here. Yeah, put you in standby mode. Yeah. Give you the blue screen of death. You wake up the next morning, except you didn't wake up. You're just laying in bed, having a dream. <laughs> it puts you in a loop and you just keep living the same day over and over. Yeah. That'd be fun for quite some time, I think. What if it's the worst day of your life? Just reliving it over and over and over. So that's that's a good point. So bad. You know, you talked about bad things happening to you. That's a matter of perspective, you know, it really is a matter of perspective. I mean, yeah, if somebody you love died that day, I suppose, you know, that could, you know, arguably be called a bad day. That's for sure. Um, so I guess aside from that, what, what is bad? It's, it's kind of how you look at it, right? I mean, if you get fired or, your car breaks down. I mean, what is that bad or is that just something that is unexpected or is it an inconvenience? I was going to, yeah, I'm glad you went there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I was just having a conversation with the wife about that. about being inconvenienced or not. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying like every day is sunshine and rainbows for me, but I also kind of over this weekend came to the conclusion, like, who am I to be worried about being inconvenienced? Right. You know, like, I don't know. I just think we get so high and mighty as humans and like, who are we actually? (laughs) Exactly. Or nothing. You know, Absolutely somebody, nothing. <laughs> if somebody cuts in front of me in a line, like, oh well, man. Yeah. You know, like what what difference does it I went to a concert uh with my sister and uh you had to, you know, buy tickets obviously and you had assigned seats, right? Mm-hmm. And we get there and we're waiting to turn in and people are just like flying by honking horns, like cutting people off. And it's like, whether you're there, you know, five minutes later or five minutes earlier, you're going to be sitting in the same spot. <laughs> yeah. Cause you have assigned seats. <laughs> yeah. So like, so who cares, man? Yeah. You know, just, just get there, get there safely. Yeah. That's that's a hard one. I was uh, really tested on that recently because every time it rains down here, for some reason, just traffic comes to a, a standstill. 
<laughs> and just you just watch people just really slow down you know they're going 40 50 on the highway oh yeah it's just yeah. like god come on people like what are we doing here what's the problem it's just water you know i got places to be you know <laughs> yeah i was particularly because i was going to be late for a class i had to be there at 8 30 and i'm just seething mad in the car and i just I'm like you know okay you know i just just it took me probably an hour to start to calm down but because <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just so frustrating because it's entirely preventable right there's right. no reason to drive slow because it's raining like there's I, I don't I don't get it. But eventually I was just like, you know what? What am I doing? I'm stressing myself out. I'm raising my blood pressure. There's absolutely nothing I can do about this. If I'm gonna be late, what's the worst that's gonna happen? You know? Yeah. I'm gonna get chastised for being late. I'm gonna look bad because I'm I didn't leave on time, you know. What who cares? <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't matter <laughs> who cares even if i fail this class because i'm late i can retake it it's just like but <laughs> i eventually talked my you know talk myself down like i said it took an hour but <laughs> it's like why why it's just there's no point there's no point in getting all bent out of shape and what are you gonna punish people they i don't know it's weird well well, that's the thing. I mean, I'm definitely guilty of that too, of, you know, being late or, or, you know, or getting upset about the potentiality of being late. And just, you know, like you said, like, like what can I do about it? Mm-hmm. You know, um, for your situation, like when everybody's stopped or, you know, driving incredibly slow on the highway because of rain, like, yeah, dope, like get mad about it. But like, what are, what can you do? You know, you're stuck there. <laughs> you know so it's like why get mad yeah the only thing you can change is what you do next time and that's that's what i changed i left earlier and it wasn't a problem the next time you know it's just you gotta just learn you know just yep i screwed up this is my fault i didn't leave early enough yeah and um, that's that's basically all you can do mm-hmm like we, that um, Jocko's extreme ownership. There's something to that. Yeah, there is. That's an incredible book. Yeah, I don't know. I just, um, I don't know. Like, you know, it's like you get cut off in traffic. My favorite is like you get cut off in traffic. Some guys is like whipping in and out, you know, and then you pull up next to him at the same red light. You know, it's like. I'm I'm fine, you know, but like <laughs> you're upset because you know people are going the speed limit. Yeah, you know, and here we are, we're at the same light. Yeah, and that's the fun part too is you're we're all gonna die too. <laughs> it's only a matter of time. What the hell are you hurrying for? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> My wife was saying something about like um, something killing me. I said, I've been dying since I was born. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, I don't know, man. 
Like, I don't, again, I don't want to die, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Just got to try to live life and be a good person. Yeah, I think, I think using that as motivation, I try to do that and it, it sometimes works, but it's weird that it doesn't have more of an effect that you sit there and you have this realization, you know, the clock's ticking. I could drop dead anytime, you know, even if I don't and I live another however many years, it's like, why doesn't that create more of a sense of urgency to actually enjoy the moment? And it seems like even though we have the knowledge and we can logically understand that death is imminent, we automatically have this self-preservation thing in our brain that just shuts that off because it's just too much of a, you know, they call it, you know, an existential crisis is what it is. It's, there seems to be some sort of self-preservation uh, where we can just be oblivious to that and just happily just push that thought out of our head immediately. Like, oh, it's not going to happen today. No, it's not going to, you know, but it really could happen any second. <laughs> yeah. And why wouldn't that just drive us? You know, I have nightmares sometimes, you know, where I'm dead, you know, and you can see life going on after you're dead. And you're just thinking, I wish I would have just, you know, just spent more time with the kids or just done something, you know. Why, you know, you're like, you wake up and you're like, yes, I'm alive. <laughs> I'm going to spend more time with the kids. And then it just doesn't happen, you know, and you find something else to do. Or it's, it's really incredible <laughs> to me. That's, I don't know, something that I notice. Well, it's interesting to me, like, the whole idea of, like, bucket lists and stuff, like, things to do before you die, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, all of it's, you know, like, oh, I want to climb Mount Everest or I want to own a, I don't know, Shelby Cobra or something, you know? Mm-hmm. But, like, none of it's ever, like, I want to feed the homeless. Right. I want to, you know, provide somebody with a job and a house. Yeah. No, nothing's ever about making other people better or improving their lives. It's, you know, just about, you know, so if, if life is really short and these things that people get all upset, like, oh, you know, Republicans hate, you know, minorities and trans people and all that stuff and Democrats hate church people and everybody else. But it's like all these things that like upset us and these causes and these protests and stuff that we do, you know, if, if we did operate that, yeah, life is short and we could die at any point. So why not make the world, like make the world better, man. Yeah. You know, put it on your bucket list to serve in a soup kitchen you know, that's put weird. it on your bucket list to like, you know, help the homeless. That's a really good point. You never hear about that, do you? No. It's like, hey, I'm going to save somebody's life, you know, <laughs> which you could do for very little money if you just send it to the right, right charity, you know. For or less than actually... the price of a Starbucks, you could change somebody's life. Yeah. It's... I don't know. I, I signed up to, uh, I signed us up 
without talking to the wife, which I don't know, wasn't the best move. <laughs> but I don't know. It could be fake. I don't know. Uh-oh. Uh, signed up to like, um, what do you call it? Every month or whatever, we give money and it like helps uh, uh, helps underprivileged kid in the Philippines. Okay. And um, well, you know, I don't know. I guess I I didn't uh, research the organization or not, but I don't know. They they got me with like the Philippines. I guess is like the highest uh, sex trafficking per capita. Really, like all that stuff, and I was like, oh man, you know, mm-hmm. you can't just sit here and do you know listen to that and not help out, you know? Yeah, but like. I don't know. I think it's like 50 bucks a month or whatever. And it's just like, I don't know, man. Like, to me, it's like, do I spend that in a week easy on, like, energy drinks or something, you know? Right. Or, like, on chew or something? Like, dude, like, what is that? What is what is 50 bucks? And I can change somebody's life with that? Yeah. You know? Imagine. That's I don't know. It's just, dang, man. Like people just need to like pull their heads out of the sand, you know. It's like it's it's not about us, and it's like instead of protesting and like crying that like other people need to do stuff or like you know, like whenever there's another you know government sanctioned school shooting, um, <laughs> just had to throw that in there. I did, um. You know, but it's like, and, and people protest, but it's like, how about instead of doing that, you know, we we talk to people, you know, instead of like the, these loners that are like on the internet getting corrupted by rogue FBI agents, <laughs> you know, like talk to them, man, make people's lives better, treat yeah. people better. You know, imagine the, that, imagine, imagine the all those FBI agents out there just trolling for people to commit crimes. If they, it was like a, a helpline instead. And they talked them out of doing it. Yeah, <laughs> that might be government that. money worth spending. <laughs> imagine that. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. Like the idea of protesting, like protesting does nothing. It's just, and, and don't, I mean, okay, let me backtrack a little bit. Like I do believe in protesting to some degree, but like, you want to make actual change you have to do the change right like you can't just Mm -hmm. expect other people to make the change and like you do nothing you go like hang out because it's popular you know like you gotta like you have to be better and you have to like treat other people better man you got my wheels turning here i'm thinking (laughs) just thinking about, you know, just purpose and meaning in life and noble goals and just trying to do more good in the world. And it's like, shoot, man, if you could create some sort of, you know, just starting a charity and find some, if we could find some very specific cause, you know, if you put me out there to raise money for that, I could sell that all day. (laughs) (laughs) That's an easy one. I can sell if it's for a charity. We just gotta we gotta brainstorm and come up with a good one. We should a good idea. Something where the money goes the farthest, you know? Yeah. 
It yeah. Is, I don't know. There's all these, I mean, I'm just, that's all I do is listen to podcasts and I'm just thinking about all these, you know, prepper podcasts and they're selling subscriptions and there's all the, just everything subscription based. Now you got manscaped and all these other just <laughs> ridiculous yeah. products battle box. And you've got all these people just dropping tons of money for garbage made in China. It's mm-hmm. like, what about just, <laughs> how about we just set up a subscription box and Hey, maybe it's, um, volunteering your time too, you know, in your community, if we could set up some sort of, uh, you know, we have to identify the service that we're going to do and people can subscribe, send money, but they can also log hours doing something, you know, even just off the top of my head, and this doesn't make a big difference in the world, but picking up trash, just making the community a better place too, you know? That's the thing, like all these people that want to protest and like the climate and these climate activists, how many of you pick up trash? (laughs) <laughs> in your neighborhood, in your city. You know? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you feel that passionate about it, maybe don't leave all the signs after the protest is done. You know, maybe clean up after yourself. Mm-hmm. Start in your own community. Like, it has to start to clean up your own house. Yep. Well, Jordan Peterson says, make your bed. Yeah. You know? Like, you got to start there and then work out. And like, I don't know. I mean, you can't expect other people to just be the change and it just by yelling and screaming and protesting and being nasty, you know, you gotta, you gotta do it. Yeah. Which people are very good at ceding authority to other people. It's, it's something that we're very comfortable with. And also the, like the bystander effect and diffusion of responsibility so the more people that are around you, the least or the less uh, likely you are to actually do something. So that's those are very strong. You know, it's oh, it's the police's the the police job to do this. Well, is it really? You know, I don't know. That's that's for the fire department to deal with. Well, I mean, depending on the situation, is it really? Um, yeah, there's kind of a famous. What's that? No, go ahead. I, I just got my wheels turning. That's all. Oh, I was just, I mean, going off of what you were just saying, there's like a famous uh, story um, in like 70s New York, I think it was, um, where this lady like got attacked in between two apartment buildings mm-hmm. and everybody heard it. And, like they were all watching it and nobody called 911. Yeah. Because they just assumed that's like what you're saying. It's somebody else's job. Somebody else would do it. And no one did. And I think he ended up killing her. But yeah, um, yeah, it's just, it's crazy. But like, I don't know. This world would be a better place if like people just did their part, man. I'm really thinking now. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's something that, you know, my entire life, you know, I've never... You know, what's, what's my purpose? What's the goal? What is it going to be? You know, it's just nothing has really interested me that much, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Nothing has held my interest. It's, you know, that, that would be something that would definitely be interesting. 
some sort of charitable organization. We got to yeah, do it, man. I've gone through, I don't know, most of my life without, I guess, having an intended purpose. But, I don't know, having a family has, like, changed that a lot. Yeah, and yeah, it does. I don't know. It's like being a good husband, you know, is kind of my purpose. Providing for my family is a purpose. Making the world better for them to exist in, you know. I don't know. Like that, that to me is a good purpose. And if you can provide joy to somebody who, I don't know, homeless person outside the grocery store, you know, it's like, what's a couple bucks? You're already spending money, you know? Right. You give them a couple yeah. of dollars, talk to them, you know? Oh, I have a, I have a whole whole scenario set up about homelessness that I could get into you with, but it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like a comedy bit, but I'm still working on it, but a it's half truthful too. That. I don't know if I want to, I don't, I want to give anybody any ideas, so I can't, okay. can't tell you while we're recording, but oh. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay. laughs> uh. There's always yeah, a cult too. You can always start a cult. That'd be fun. Could do that. A positive a cult. Yeah, a positive cult, a goodness cult. <laughs> Instead uh, of drinking Kool-Aid, you just have to help people. Yeah. <laughs> you have to yeah, you, you set up this very specific lifestyle and these set of things that people have to do. And if they don't do them, they have to pay money into the cult. And that money goes I like to charity. This idea. <laughs> yeah, I'm liking that idea. You didn't make your bed today, and then you gotta have random inspections. People <laughs> just drop in. You didn't take the trash out. <laughs> That's fifteen dollars. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Your windows, there's fingerprints on those windows. You could have done a better, could have done a better job. Dishes <laughs> in the sink, that's unforgivable. <laughs> Uh, it's reminded me of the army. All right. Then extend that a little bit more. You have 25 homeless people in your county. <laughs> That'll be a thousand dollar fine per day. <laughs> that, that leads to some, uh, perverse incentives though. So I don't know if we want to do that. Yeah. The homeless might just start disappearing. <laughs> yeah. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> just break it down to <laughs> I don't know how you'd figure it out but there was there was a kilo of cocaine sold in your city in the last three weeks <laughs> be turning into some sort of fight club vigilante group before you know it oh man <laughs> out I there can see it. getting in wars with drug dealers <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'd give people a lot of young people purpose. That's true. <laughs> that is true. Just a whole vigilante cult. We're the good guys. Oh, they're just beating somebody up. <laughs> I swear he's selling drugs. <laughs> we maybe need to flesh that one out a little bit more. Yeah, I, this is. I'm just spitballing here. This is <laughs> stream of consciousness stuff. Oh, man. 
uh, all it takes is some passion and a charismatic leader. You can do all sorts of stuff. That, man, you're not wrong there. <laughs> you need a good founding document. <laughs> That's how they all start, man. A manifesto, if you will. Yeah, a manifesto. There's, oh, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> I'm going to say there's some good manifestos out there, but that, <laughs> and I just said it. I didn't mean the ones you're thinking of. <laughs> oh, man. None of the ones you're thinking of. <laughs> What a fantastic episode today. I was thinking about the Unabomber, but oh. <laughs> Do you know that you can find that? Find his on Amazon? They sell it there. I've I've heard that and I've been meaning to actually read that because I've I've heard he was really against technology and that was what was motivating him. He's actually a really brilliant guy and he was foreseeing a civilizational collapse because of uh technology, which He's not wrong. Yeah. If that's what it was about, but I gotta gotta read that. Yeah, he was was he Harvard professor or Harvard? Some connection with Harvard. I mean, he was a brilliant guy, and also apparently he was experimented on yeah. the, with the LSD stuff and MK Ultra. Yeah, that really did a number on people, huh? A lot of people, yeah. It's almost like the CIA was going a little wild back then. Yeah, good thing they're not now. Yeah, no, they really nipped that in the butt. They got it under control. It's tons of oversight. There's, They don't have any... I mean, all their money is accounted for, too. Like, we know yeah, where every penny spent. I don't like think that they... $2.3 Yeah, no, that, that wouldn't be... I mean, they just, nah, nah. <laughs> I mean, nobody would take their money. If they had a gigantic investment firm or something like that, outlandish, I don't think anybody would want that money because of the strings no. that would be attached to it. That's, yeah, that yeah. that would, you know, then you'd have like corporations working for the government, you know, that's illegal. Yeah, definitely glad we don't have that. Yeah, yeah. We're all good. <laughs> oh Don't have gosh. to worry about any of the big tech companies working for the government. I think the thing I'm glad about the most is that um, I mean, you don't have to worry about like our politicians being bought off, you know? Yeah, no. Don't have to worry about corporations owning them or foreign investment firms or there must be some oversight, you know? Yeah. Like, you'd be able to look at their finances. They'd have to disclose all that, and you'd see where the money's coming from. But, nah. I think we're safe from that, too. Yeah. Pretty sure you're right. Somebody would have thought of that. I mean, really, a long time ago, somebody would have thought about that being a possibility and would nip that one in the butt, too. Yeah, you'd think. Mm-hmm. Must be what happened, right? Because that, that'd be really bad for country i don't think it kind of you know the politicians would then be beholden to the highest bidder and that might be from another country too i mean just think of that what if the president was getting money from china 
to do nefarious things. Like they could pay him hundreds of millions probably. And yeah. Glad it's not happening. Yeah. It it was just Trump. He was, people were staying at his hotels and stuff and they were paying him money. So it's a good thing he's out of there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. (laughs) (laughs) We should, we should just do another episode on all of the corruption and stuff. Oh man. Oh man. I had, um, I had this article saved for the longest time about the CIA. I really wanted to talk about that. Uh, it was Project Gateway, I believe. It's like a never-ending well of just outlandish crap. <laughs> I mean, the CIA is really interesting. Um, yeah, there's this paper. It was a FOIA uh, released in 2003, it looks like, from the Department of the Army. Uh And it is subject analysis and assessment of gateway process. I read through it briefly, but it was DOD CIA uh, funding research into. uh, I I don't even know, like mind reading or talking with multidimensional beings, interdimensional beings, stuff like that. Interesting. Yeah. I might have to put some bullet points together and talk about that next time or whatever. Yeah, that'd be good. We could discuss uh, various operations. Yeah, we could go. I mean, there's so many. We could easily fill up a whole episode just listing off and summarizing all the different CIA exploits over the years. I'd be down for that. That'd be yeah. a good episode. We should do that. I'll... St- I'll send you a link to this paper, too. All right. Well, we done for the day? Yeah, I think it was a good run today. I don't know how entertaining it's going to be, but... (laughs) It it was therapeutic. (laughs) Apparently. Yeah, I feel good. I feel good, yeah. It's it's fun. It's fun to talk. We we also have the, the potential mystery guest that we could bring on yes yeah yeah i'll try to line that up as well yeah i'll Um, we'd love to get him a microphone i got i got all that stuff you can just come over if he comes over i can i don't know i can do it i said in studio i kind of set up for him so i don't know we'll see that that would be fun too i'll have to talk to him and see if he's available you could talk to him too and figure out kind of hash out like how to I mean, we could just go for it and see see what happens or hash Might something well. out, right? All right. All well, right. let's let's um, let's talk about that this week and see if we can get that set up, All one right. or the other. Maybe bring him on and talk about the CIA. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sure that'll be good too. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we'll probably get a lot out of that. I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I will uh, talk to you next week, but stay in touch for sure. Yeah, see you next week. All right, have a good one. You too. Thanks.
speaking of podcasts and waste of time, get out of here. Get out of here, people. You're wasting your life. (laughs)